This is the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast, aimed at helping you live an active and healthy life in and around Somerset and Union County, New Jersey. This podcast is brought to you by Strive to Move, located in Warren and Berkeley Heights. Strive to Move helps active adults in New Jersey get back to doing what they love pain-free. So we have a very special guest with us today, Dr. Ashton Bellamoria, the newest doctor on staff here at Strive to Move. We are super excited that he is here. He just moved here from Florida, and we are recording because he is an expert in a very interesting topic that we're going to go into. But first, Ashton, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Excellent. So Ashton moved up here from Florida where he was working um, in the NFL combine setting. So we all, the NFL draft at this point is a huge thing. They had it in Nashville this year. We all watched the production on TV. And now even the combine, which is in Indianapolis, is all over the NFL network and people are all about it. Now, Ashton had the chance to work in both a rehabilitation setting and a performance setting at XPE Sports in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, with how many first-round picks did you guys have this year total? Uh, between the two locations, we had three first-round picks. And how many? do you know how many total were drafted? I want to say in the, probably in the 20s. We had a good bit of players drafted. So 20 players drafted in the draft from one training facility. So yep. just to give the um, audience context... Guys finish college, and then they declare to go to the NFL, and then they train for the combine, which is basically a job interview, and that's where Ashton was working, and again, both the rehab and training side. So what I wanted to do today, because I know so many people are interested in this topic, is to really go behind the scenes a little bit. Again, we only see what's on TV and the people get drafted, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. So um, tell me when this process starts for them. So the draft was... Draft was... What was it? Uh, April 25th was the start of the draft. Um, combine training really starts around the beginning of January. Guys start coming in from bowl games around the beginning of January and really start setting in for training. Okay, so they're out of school at this point, and they're with you guys full-time. Yep, they're with us full-time for two months up until their pro days and respective uh, con- if they get it to the NFL Combine. So let's go, let's go behind the scenes a little bit. What does a typical day look like for some of these athletes that are coming again? Most of them are not from, you guys were in Florida. They're traveling from all over the country. They're basically moving down there to live and to work out. But what does their typical training schedule look like day in and day out? Yeah, it it can vary. Their typical day will really revolve around like speed workouts, combine drills, and like strength training in the gym. So it really depends on like position drills and what they're going to be doing for that week. So Really how we set it up was uh, Monday through Friday was the workout days. So Monday, Tuesdays were specific like speed training or other combine drills. Wednesday was kind of a recovery day. And then Friday was on-field training. So um, they're basically full-time at this point. Oh, yeah, full-time. It's a all-day thing for them. Well, So what I think is interesting, you know, for the audience is these athletes, while they're Division I athletes and playing big-time college football, um, there might be some debate about this, but they are students as well. They have to go to class. But at this point, um, 
they're not students anymore. They are fully engaged in training, and that's their life at this point, correct? Yeah, it's pretty amazing to see them, them like really dedicating themselves to like this one goal. And like with the knowledge like, hey, I might not be drafted at all or assigned to a team, but they're really putting all their effort into it. Because we see on, on TV like the guys that are first-round picks that make millions of dollars, make this huge signing bonus, but I'm sure you saw there's a lot of guys that might not get drafted, that might be undrafted free agents, that – if they make a team, you know, it's a one in 50 shot and they might hopefully make a paycheck and it's, it's, you know, it's hit or miss. Not every guy that you guys train is becomes an instant millionaire. Like it's, it's a grind. Am I correct? Oh no, you're absolutely correct. It's almost like, like we had three first round picks, but not to mention all the undrafted free agents we had and the middle round picks. So like really them dedicating themselves to the training was pretty cool to see. So let's, you had another really cool experience in that you physically went to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. So we see on TV, on the NFL Network, they're playing the NFL Combine guys running their 40 and doing their broad jump and, and doing the whole thing. But you were able to be behind the scenes. Talk about that process and, and you know what, was, what did that look like for everything leading up to the, these guys actually getting on the field to be able to perform? Yeah, after talking to some of the players, I can really understand how long of a day it is for them. For like, So each position will arrive on a different day, like DBs will arrive on a Monday, et cetera, wide receivers the next day. And really, their day starts at 5 in the morning. They're getting woken up for um, drug testing, other kind of tests, um, medical testing, and then they don't even do their on-field work until a couple of days later. They do the Wonderlic test. So I really won't see the players um, until like late night into the um, hotel room at like 10 o'clock at night. They'll start coming in, and we'll start training them for the getting ready them for the next day. What what kind of stuff would you do? Was it more hands on stuff? Was it yeah. stretching? So the way we had it set up was their first day they would be coming in. Um, they would receive like the manual therapy work, and then after that they wouldn't receive any more manual therapy work for the next couple of days. They would just start training for their combine drills. So different kinds of speed work with bands, uh, different movement preps, and all that going on for them. But really, they would only receive manual therapy on the first day they were there. Okay, great. The next thing I want to go into, which I'm absolutely fascinated by, and you had the firsthand experience in seeing, we call them, you know, in in circles, they call it like workout warriors, combine Mm -hmm. guys. So, you know, in your setting, there's times where people wonder, is this guy really as good as his numbers have shown? (laughs) Can he actually play football or is he a workout warrior where he just is really good at lifting weights and sprinting in shorts, but then he gets on the football field and he's not so good. So, So I think for me, the question here is like, how much is it to being a good athlete versus when they're in shorts? And how does that translate into being a football player? And it's a good question. Um, personally, I wouldn't know about them being the football player because I haven't seen them actually play up front. But like how they're training, it, they're just phenomenal athletes. Like just seeing them sprint and how they move is just they're just phenomenal athletes. Talk about. I know you mentioned there was one guy who decreased his forty time by about three tenths oh, yeah. of a second from training. Which again, just to give people context, yep. you know, um, what position was he? Yep. So he was a wide receiver. Um, so what he did was we all we pre-tested combine guys um, in their 40s, and then they would do their speed work throughout the whole entire combine training on the treadmill. And I'll tell you guys what the treadmill is about in a second. It's a really fascinating thing. But he decreased his time from, a, I think he pre-tested at about 4.7, and he tested at the combine at 4.48. Which, again, to go th- over three, uh, about three-tenths of a second, a little less than that, in that short amount of time is is remarkable. It's oh, yeah. an unbelievable change. And and so talk about 
like what happened? I know we spoke before. Is it a technique thing? Did they become more athletic? Did they get stronger? Were they recovering from an injury? How could you make that big of a change so quickly? I think it was a combination of things. I think it's a really testament to the coaching that they got. Um, Tony Villani, Andrew, Bill Welly, all at XPE do a phenomenal job of coaching these guys. They've been doing it for such a long time. So it was, I was really honored to be able to work with them. But I think it's more of a, it's a technique. Um, they really break down the running cycle and like show them on video and on the shred mill and they test it through laser lights. So what the treadmill is, um, Tony Villani created it. It's a pattern with a continuous height. So what happens is the speed that they generate on the treadmill will directly correlate with their ground speed. So why is that beneficial versus running just regular? Because you're able to run against resistance. And then running with that resistance will directly correlate with the ground speed. Got it. And so how much would you say is spent like in a 40-yard dash, let's say, um, they line up? How much is the start? How much is getting them to top speed how much is you know what would you say the, the timing is of, of making of spending it with each athlete of, of their start versus just their overall sprinting technique well yeah it depends on like the position versus an o-lineman versus a wide receiver and like what you're aiming the goal to be for that time so it really like really the each they do each drill like they work on start stop techniques like glute hamstring reciprocal inhibition they really just work on like different techniques of the speed so how would you describe a typical workout or rehab session with a let's call it a six foot three 350 pound lineman um i'm assuming they're not doing the same type of speed work as the wide receiver would be no but they are getting on the treadmill they are refining their sprinting and their speed but like their rehab is going to be a little bit different depending on what they're coming in for and like what work they're going to need what in your opinion position wise who would you say I have my opinion on this, but who would you say is the most, like, if you had to look pound for pound, the best athletes out there? Like quarterback, linebacker, running back, offensive lineman? DBs. DBs. DBs, yeah. You can be big and physical but still run really smooth. Just the watching them backpedal is amazing to see. And they run they, – the fluidity of their hips, it's just – it's amazing. See, I would always look – to me, I think it's remarkable when I see these linemen that are six foot four, 350 pounds, be able to run like a four nine and the way they move their feet to be able to be that big and to be able to, you know, move their hips and run. I mean, I think that's absolutely incredible because it's one thing to be big, but it's another thing to be big and be able to actually maneuver within their body. Yeah. You look at Quinn and Williams. I mean, he didn't work out at XPE, but he was the third overall pick. Um, Jets baby. Not sure how much he weighs, but he's a big dude, but I think he ran like a four eight at the combine, which for his size and weight is pretty impressive. Yeah. And the human, they call him the human bar of soap. Yeah. Slippery. <laughs> and uh, he's a young dude, too. He's a braces. Well, so. well, I think that's, I mean, I think that's a point that we should talk about. Because, again, we see these guys on TV. They have a helmet on, all this, all this stuff. What we don't realize is these guys are 20, 21, maybe 22 years old. I mean, they're kids. Oh, yeah. They're kids, but they're giants. Like, I would ask these guys, like, hey, how old are you? Like, oh, I'm 20, 21. How old are you? Like, oh, I'm 27. These guys tower over me. Yeah. And not only that, but, you know, I think it's really interesting. And you had firsthand knowledge of it. A lot of us on the outside is like, oh, like, how could this guy squander all that money? How could he, you know, how is he so immature? He has his opportunity. But we forget that they literally are kids that a lot of them might still be in college and i think a lot of us if we actually remembered what we were doing in college <laughs> um we'd say oh yeah this is probably not that much different um and and you know again just because they're talented at football doesn't mean that they're super mature some of them might be but just like you had over college some people are and some people aren't right was that was that something that was interesting to you is again these guys that come in they're such high level athletes but you're like man this guy 
he's way more immature than I thought he would be. I wouldn't necessarily say like immature. I think it was just fascinating to see um, who's dedicated to their rehab, who is really dedicated to their training. I think that, and more than that, like you could see who was mature in that aspect, like who really wanted it. Without naming names, because we don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But again, I think this would be interesting to people. On the outside, we would say, hey, you have a chance to make a few million dollars. All you have to do is work out for about six weeks, behave well do the right thing, and you're going to be a really high draft pick, and you can make tens of millions of dollars. Um, and that sounds super logical. Anyone could do it. But, again, without naming names, did you experience athletes that were there that didn't do the right thing, didn't show up for training, didn't really work very hard? We had a really good group of uh, guys this year. I would say maybe just one athlete in particular didn't. Would Great player. But would not really work as hard as nearly everyone else. But besides that one, everyone else worked really, really hard. Okay, so you guys did have a, a pretty good group. And that's that's good to hear because, again, when these teams and fans are investing their time and money and, like, you know, we go to these games and we expect people to work hard, but we don't, you know, they're they're regular people too. Oh, yeah, absolutely cool dudes. Like, had great conversations with them. They didn't think they were better than anyone. They, just, they were just working toward a goal that they wanted. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's talk a little bit more about you know, the rehab side of things with people. Um, first of all, I'm just curious. These guys are all great athletes. Were you ever surprised with, you know, what I talk to patients a lot about is sometimes you'd be surprised. This guy's, a, he's such a good athlete, but, you know, he actually doesn't move that well. He's actually really stiff everywhere. You would think they do everything perfectly. Did you see that with a lot of these, even some of these high-level athletes that you look at, you're like, wow, he really can't even touch his toes or doesn't know how to squat well or, you know, his shoulders don't move so well? Yeah, a lot. I, was, I saw like a really common like hip mobility. A lot of the athletes were lacking a lot of hip mobility. And I would expect them to be a lot more fluid since they're coming from major D1 programs. You know, they're working on all this. But a lot of them were lacking in it. So it's kind of interesting to see that. And do you think that was a product of their training environment or is it from the positions they played what would you attribute that i mean to? it's hard to say it could be a combination of both like positions the player itself how their bodies adapt so it could be a combination of multiple things one of the things again this might be really good context for people that are listening that watch espn mel kuiper one of the things they always talk about on does he have good hips does he have good hips does he have good hips his hips are stiff and we see that on TV, but to people, a lot of people might not actually know, you know, what that what that even means. So for you to say like, hey, yeah, I was interested to see how their hips didn't move very well. I remember one guy specifically from a couple a long time ago, Robert Gallery, who was a first pick overall, and he he ended up being like an okay NFL player, but not to where they thought he was. And the reason they said was because he didn't move his hips well. He never had really good hips and couldn't bend well enough. When was he the first overall pick? I don't know who that guy is. The Raider? Yeah, you're a little too young for this. He was the Raiders' first pick, left tackle. He ended up being a good guard in the NFL, but oh, he, there you go. he didn't have the hips to play tackle. Oh, okay. So you look, again, these guys are six foot three, six four, and they're trying to create leverage. Mm -hmm. Low man wins. But when you're that tall, if you can't bend, which you know, they're going to yeah. be in trouble. And again, when you're that big, it's harder. It's harder yeah. to bend. That was a big focus on like Tony and everyone's stress, like mobility work, mobility work. And like they got a lot of it done. Because, you know, we think that these athletes in college at these big time programs have a lot of time to spend on their strength and conditioning and doing their mobility work. But again, they're going to practice, they have class and they may have an hour or two to do to do workouts, but most of the time they're lifting weights. So there isn't always the focus on the recovery and the mobility and all the things that, you know, we would think might happen. They, they, they might not have the chance to do that in, 
in school all the time. Is that? Yeah, that's a lot of them. I found that to be common. A lot of them would tell me like they would get a little bit of recovery, but they would be so tired from practice, like they would just want to leave afterwards. You know, so I mean, then I can understand that. Like class, they have practice for long days. They just want they're tired. So not many people want to really focus on recovery. And then also there's variability in where they the school they went to and the type of strength and conditioning program that they were in. Again, you can't just assume that they all had what we would consider quality strength and conditioning you know it depends on the school and depends on the program yeah absolutely that's a good point that's a good point so um what would you say i'm gonna ask a couple questions first of all what's your biggest takeaway from your whole combine experience that the that the average person that just watches it on tv wouldn't know just the amount of preparation that goes into it i had no idea like i watched the combine for years and i had just thought okay they show up and they just perform but really their whole days is just consumed with NFL executives, meetings, uh, medical tents. Like they're literally busy from 5 a.m. in the morning till like maybe 9 o'clock at night. What advice if someone called you up tomorrow that was in college that potentially might make it to the NFL that may have to do combine training? Um, what's one piece of advice that you would you would give them as they're preparing? Go to XPE. All right, well, that's a good endorsement. Go to XPE. You'll be ready. Well, Hopefully we can get a little bit of money for that for saying that because that we weren't endorsing that one. Um, but yeah, so go to go to. I mean, I think what you're saying is go to a quality facility. Yeah, there's a lot of good performance gyms around. Um, one just opened up in LA, Mamba Performance Academy. There's Exos, XPE. So I mean, you'll find a good one. There's a lot of good trainers around. So yeah. just got to find what's the right fit for you. Right. So again, like anything, finding quality people to, exactly. do, to do the work. Exactly. That puts um, the athlete first. It's important. And and I, and again, and this is nothing more than a the a very intense job interview for these guys. Like anyone would go on a job interview, this is the longest job interview, most intense one they've ever had. So. Oh yeah, because NFL executives will talk to the performance coaches about this player. Like, oh, how's this player? How's this player? So really, you're just in a long interview process for eight weeks. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, just the, your your insight from that is is super. It's really valuable but again behind the scenes uh, and I, I think it's important because it becomes such a production we only see the finished product and mm-hmm. there's so much that goes on before it there's so much training that happens and there's so much pressure on these guys to perform at such a young age which it gets lost really quickly because they're on tv yeah it's a lot of pressure for them so all right so did pretty good first time on a podcast oh first time can you guys tell <laughs> no you did good you did good um we're gonna we're gonna get this out there to everybody and this was a good introduction for you to to our patients around here obviously this is you know your expertise working with this high level athlete but also you know working with our patients here which you've already started to do but um i think just on behalf of strive to move and myself we're happy to have you here and thank you for sharing this info with us yeah thanks for having me happy to be here Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast brought to you by Strive to Move. If your pain or injury is preventing you from living the healthy and active lifestyle you love and deserve and want to get back to doing what you love pain-free, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the best next steps to help resolve it. Find our ebooks online at strivetomove.com slash ourservices. There you'll find an ebook for topics on such things as back pain, knee pain, sports injuries, and CrossFit injuries. These ebooks will provide you with free expert advice, tips, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. 
Just visit strivetomove.com slash our services to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no obligation phone consults with a doctor on staff to New Jersey residents. Just call us at 908-547-0729 or visit us at strivetomove.com and click the talk to the doctor first button on the homepage to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast.